Hi, this is Bob Williamson. My poor angel. Yesterday, a friend and I went to the Bahamas in my boat. We'd heard reports that yellowfin tuna were around, and we wanted in on the action. The weather was protected was predicted to be fairly good with three to four foot seas and 10 to 15 knot winds. The weatherman was drastically wrong. About midway on the trip, the wind started picking up, as did the waves. We forged on and finally got to a place about 20 miles to the north of the last Bahama Island in the North Atlantic Ocean. By now, the seas were raging with 25 to 30 knot winds pushing sets of giant waves that were 15 to 20 foot high. We decided to try to get back home pronto, but in order to do so, we had to navigate head on into the giant waves. I have a fairly large boat, and it was being tossed around like a little cork. One giant wave crashed into the bow with water rushing over it, and it violently turned the boat to the left, leaving a broadside target for the next huge wave that was right behind it. The wave had hit so hard it nearly broke my wrist as I tried to hang onto the steering wheel, but the force of the wave hitting the boat ripped it out of my hands. Fortunately, I was able to turn the bow into the next wave before it hit and then power through it. We could not build any speed, and it was all I could do to go 7 miles per hour instead of the 40 miles per hour we were going heading over there when we were going with the wind. It was 11 a.m. when we left, and I looked at the instrument showing the amount of time it would take to get to Jupiter Inlet and it showed nine hours. At that rate, it would be dark, and I was very concerned with the idea of navigating those angry seas in the pitch-black darkness. There was a time when I was seriously wondering if we were going to get out of this situation alive. I thought about what would happen if the boat filled with water and sank. We would either drown, get eaten by sharks, or die from the cold. We had not seen another boat all day, and even if our EPIRB device emitted a signal that the boat had sunk, I figured it'd be all but impossible for the Coast Guard to get to where we were to find us in those wild seas. So I thought about dying. I asked God to spare us if he willed it, and then I thought if it turned out we would go down at sea, what a way to go. At least I'd go down doing what I love, being on the sea. About that time, another huge wave crashed into the bow, and I quit daydreaming and focused on trying to navigate through it. As it turned out, we finally made it to the halfway point, which was about 50 miles out and well into the Gulf Stream, and the wind diminished a little, and the waves were reduced in size to five to eight feet, and we could go a little faster. 
The more the waves diminished, the faster we would go. And finally, I was able to quarter into them and reach 20 miles an hour. Unfortunately, that pushed me north by about 30 miles. And I had to fight my way on through four-foot waves the final 30 minutes. To make a long story short, we finally made it home. I looked like a drowned rat, and so did my buddy. Our faces were raw from the biting wind blowing salt water in our faces, and every stitch I had on was soaked with salt water. He had stowed his cell phone on the dash, which was protected, and yet it got wet somehow and was ruined. My wallet was soaked, and every piece of equipment was drenched in salt water. We made it home around 6.30 p.m. Today, I feel like I've been in a car wreck or a really tough football game. I'm sore all over, but I'm alive and well. I'll sort through all of my equipment today and wash and oil it, and life will return to wondering if I'll get COVID-19 when I go to the grocery store. That sounds like a relaxing day at the beach compared to the adventure I went through yesterday. During this ordeal, I spent some time thinking about heaven and meeting Jesus face to face. It really comforted me to know that he had me in his hand and was protecting me. I thought also about how weary the guardian angel he has assigned to help me must be. Unlike most people, my ministering angel has had to work overtime for decades getting me out of one mess after another. I hope the Lord gives him a medal of commendation for his efforts on my behalf. I know I want to give that angel a big hug when I get there. Hebrews 1.14, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? This is Bob Williamson. Thanks for listening.